0: You know, I want to give you just a little bit of a good report. Well, it's not a little good report. It's an awesome report. Didn't we have an amazing Easter service? I mean, Pastor Mark brought the house down. And I mean, the house was filled. It was filled to capacity. It was so wonderful to see all of you, those who are even watching online tonight that were here on Sunday morning. It was such a great and powerful time. And I wanted to share just a couple of testimonies with you. You know, um, Pastor Tom, he uh, was telling me about one that he uh, met this lady who was in our parking lot and she walks the parking lot. For years, she's walked the parking lot. And Pastor Tom would greet her And um, just prior to Easter Sunday, she was out in the parking lot. And Pastor Tom saw her. Her name is Ma. And he ran after her. And he says, hold on just a moment. And he ran inside the building, got one of our invitations, our little invites, took it out there, gave it to her, invited her to service. Now, granted, this lady has walked the parking lot for years. Now, I'm going to tell you about the power of the ask. Pastor Tom simply asked her to come to service. He invited her. And do you know that she came, not only her, but she brought her, her husband to Friday, you know, Good Friday service. And they enjoyed the service and it was such a blessing. And so now there's like a relationship and she knows what's happening on the inside of the building. Amen? There was another gentleman that I met in the prayer room. An amazing man. And I asked him, how did, you, how did you hear about the church? We're so glad you came. Did you enjoy the service? He said, oh, yes. I absolutely did. I said, well, how did you hear about the church? And he looked at me and he said, you know, I was driving this morning to get some gas. And I drove by the building. And as he drove by the building, he saw the cars. He saw the sign. God bless our sign. Our sign is a net. Amen. It calls to people. And he said, he turned around, he went home, and he got his young adult son. And he brought his son. And they came. And they came to the altar. And, and he said, it's been a long time since I've been in a church. A very long time. And it was such a blessing to meet him. There was another lady I met in the foyer. Um, Robin introduced me to her. And and I says, it was the middle of the worship service, and I had gone out to check some things. And I said, hey, can I get you a good seat? And she said, yes. And so I brought her up and got her a good seat up front, and and then she went to the prayer line. And then our compassionate May was standing next to her, just loving on her in the prayer line. And then as we walked into the prayer room, Pastor Brenda came alongside of her and put her arm around her. And then she got in there. And then who was it that was sitting there with her? But the same person that met her originally in the foyer, Robin. And so God orchestrated that for her. Don't you know it can be a little intimidating when you come into a building that you're not familiar with? You don't know where to go. But see how precious God is. He cares about every detail of her life. Amen. We had people that came who who are a part of our church family who brought their family members, some of which went to the prayer room and received Jesus. Hallelujah is right. Glory to God. You know, another person that um, brought somebody that went to the prayer room said to Pastor Brenda, that's my reach one. You know, each one, reach one. Hallelujah. We had, um, 11 people that we know of that filled out the paperwork in the prayer room that responded to the altar call. We also had three youth that received Jesus. And I asked, I asked Pastor Caleb, uh, well, who was it? And he said, well, it was, I said, was it boys or girls? And he said, it was boys because the girls are already saved. (laughs) So the boys are getting in on it. Then we had four in CIA, isn't that right, Sherry, that received Jesus. And so I, we just want to say to you, thank you so much, because all of you came together. All of you participated and had a part. I mean, you fasted, you prayed, you did something. Some of you came together with uh, preparing the invitations to go out. You brought people to church. You invited them. And then you shared those little invitations that were put together and prayed over. And I'm telling you, they were wrapped in the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is what draws people. The goodness of God. God's not a big mean God sitting up there with a fly sweater ready to let you have it. He's a good God. We sang about it tonight. He's a good, good father. And you know what? He's good all the time. And I like to add this. And he's good to me. It's good to know that he's good to you. Amen. It's all right to know that he's good to somebody else, but it's good to know that he's good to you. The goodness of God is what leads men to repentance, the Bible says. And you know, people are seeking authentic love and goodness. Especially in the day that we're living in. And God is on the move in this day and in this hour. Despite what you see, despite what you hear on the news or in your life, God is on the move. And so whose report will you believe? The report of the Lord. You know, I have a news clip for you tonight. And this is a news clip with some good news. It's from CBN. It's uh, something that Pastor Tom, thank you so much. You know, when we want to just get something done, we just keep pressing for it. Pressing for it, pressing for it. And I wanted to show this clip, but, you know, things are have copyright laws, and you're not always allowed to do that. And so we wanted to obtain permission. So I talked to Pastor Tom about that. Can we reach out to CBN? And so Pastor Tom got on it, and he got in touch with the vice president of CBN News, and we got permission granted to show you this little clip. And I want to show you the clip. It's a report about an 11-year-old little girl. Her name is Helen White. And her and her family drove to the campus of Asbury College to attend the recent revival that was happening there that I'm sure all of you have heard about on the news. And I mean mainstream news. Amen? It's so awesome. And so we're going to go ahead and play that clip right now.
1: Well, people of all ages flocked to Asbury University when revival broke out. An 11-year-old girl named Helen and her family were among them. They were worshiping God when Helen experienced a miracle. Abigail Robertson brings us her story.
2: When the White family heard about the revival at Asbury University, they canceled their weekend plans, loaded up their RV, and drove 10 hours to Kentucky to witness the move of the Holy Spirit
1: for themselves. It was, literally, it was the best night of my life. I loved it.
2: 11-year-old Helen White, the oldest of four children, described her experience inside the revival. It was
1: beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was so simple, such simple worship, but it, it felt so holy. I pray every night and thank the Lord that I got to go. While there,
2: Helen says God miraculously healed her from celiac disease and eosinophilic
1: esophagitis, or EOE. This one guy, he prayed for me of my EOE, and I just felt this tingling in my hands and my feet and my whole body. and. I actually was healed. Helen's mom Christina joined in the prayer for her daughter's healing. I'm just praying quietly and like watching her interact with this prayer minister and she's saying my hands are tingling okay now I feel it to my elbows And we would thank God and keep praying. And then she said, my whole body feels like it's electric. I don't have to know what was happening in that moment because I know God was there. I know that was a touch from the spirit. And I know that he is moving. The first miracle God performed involved getting the family and friends past the
2: lines, then some of them inside the chapel. As they pulled their RV into the small town of Wilmore, Signs greeted them with a message to turn around because the revival
1: was at capacity. We just started praying and said, Lord, you've gotten us this far. If we need to watch watch the live stream, we will. But would you just make a way? Would you make a way for us to come and encounter you and to be in your presence. Four of them set out on foot and were led to a door for students and children. We walked up and they immediately were like, is there any party of four here? And we were right there and we walked right in. It was one of those moments where Jesus was saying, like, let the little children come to me. Like, let the children come to me. And I kind of knew right then, I think we're here for my girls to be here. They stayed in the chapel for five hours,
2: soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and Helen even had an opportunity to read her favorite verse aloud, Psalm 91.
1: I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust.
2: What have you taken from this experience?
1: I mean, I've always known the Lord my whole life, but really, I feel like I met him um, at Asbury and really devoted my life to him here. And so I feel like I definitely took, took that home. And um, the hunger and boldness that too, and the healing. Christina believes the Asbury Revival is just the beginning. There is a a purification that's happening and a holiness that's coming. I think that this younger generation has a huge part to play. I can't be the same after I've encountered a genuine touch from the Lord. And I know that that's true. For the other people who are in the room, um, and honestly, just for everywhere that the Lord is moving.
2: All of Christina's kids say they felt God's power and presence. I think it, the Holy Spirit was definitely there. And it's, yeah, it was really
1: cool. Even the ones who didn't make it inside. It just felt like God was in that place. Even he didn't have to be in that exact room, but he was also sharing is love outside of the room.
2: Christina tells CBN News she has a sense of expectancy without expectation that God is going to keep spreading this revival around the country. While the whites are glad they went to Kentucky, they believe revival can break out anywhere. They're hoping and expecting it continues to spread to more college campuses, like right here at Regent University. Reporting from Virginia, abigail robertson cbn news
0: Hmm. hallelujah amen praise the lord the news reporter abigail robinson asked her the question what did you take away from this experience and what she said was this i've always known the lord but i felt like i met him there and then she went on to say i and i'm devoting my life to him I'm devoting my life. And you know, I'm definitely taking so much home with me. She said, I'm taking hunger. I'm taking boldness. And then she added healing. What was foremost in her thinking, in her heart, the hunger of God that she experienced. And that's what so many people that attended that revival spoke of the love of God, the pure love of God that they experience there. And this is happening on college campuses and we need to continue to pray for the move of the Spirit with young people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what spiritual awakening looks like. It starts moving amongst the young generation. And that's what happened. In this situation, the outpouring at Asbury went on for 16 days and over 50,000 people from all over the world visited this small college campus. And it was in a town of just 6,000 people. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's where God came down. It's where God came down, where his presence came down, where his goodness and his love came down. It's where God himself sat upon each of them. You know, like in the upper room, (laughs) he sat upon them. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, it comes upon you for good. Trust his hand. Even when your head tells you something else, trust what you're feeling on the inside of the inner man. Trust the hand of God in your life. His plans are good plans. His plans are plans that will bring you a hope and will bring you a future. Amen? You know, sometimes you just got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's not good enough to have somebody else taste for you. Amen? I like pralines and cream ice cream. And if you've never had it, you're missing out. I can describe it to you. Candied pralines and caramel and luscious, velvety, um, vanilla ice cream. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But it's not until you taste it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Who likes chocolate? Trying to find somebody close.
2: Somebody close.
0: All right. I'm going to just pick on Pastor Caleb over here. This is really good. This is the uh, milk chocolate sea salted caramel chocolate. And when you bite into it, it's really creamy and luscious. And I'm telling you, it's so So good. So I'm just going to give that to you. Oh, thank you. Give you a little bunny too. These are really good. And so I can tell you all about it, Caleb, but until you taste it, you won't see for yourself how good it is. And you know, isn't that true? Mm -hmm. With the things of God and with God himself, you've got to taste him for yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. You can have it if you want, Caleb. You can you can give it to Gabriel. He'll like it. Pass it on. Amen. Pass it on. That's what you want to do. When you taste something and it's really good, what do you want to do? You want to share it. Amen. You want to share it. You want to say, hey, Pastor Kimberly, I just tasted this. You've got to taste it. It's so good. (laughs) I've got some enchiladas for you, Pastor Tom. And they're so good. My enchiladas are really good. Right. <laughs> but you got to taste it for yourself. Amen? Amen? And so, you know, the things of God are so good. And they're so good to behold. And so good to embrace and taste in our life. One of the things I've been declaring this year, this past year, is out of Psalms 23, that it, where it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow you. I, I kind of added to it a little bit. In one translation, it says, only goodness and mercy. So I've been declaring only goodness and only mercy follows me all the days of my life. And I declare it to be so. And there's something about declaring the blessing. You know, I love the prayer of Jabez. I love Jabez's heart. You can find it in First Chronicles chapter four and verse uh, verses nine to ten. But Jabez's heart was a heart of boldness, and he, you know, heard these words, Lord. You know, he was born actually. Let me let me go step back a little bit. He was born in a difficult birth, and his mother called him Jabez because he was born in pain. And so the name Jabaz meant suffering, or one who causes pain. but Jabaz had a boldness about him, and he was not going to take what other people said about him and to believe it or receive it. But he went to the Lord and he said, "Lord, O oh Lord, bless me." And not just bless me, but bless me indeed. Indeed. And so, um, he, he, he allowed the Lord to do a work in him. I want to actually read it to you. He laid hold by faith his destiny. He took it by faith. He spoke it. He declared it. He believed for it. It didn't matter what people said. He was going to believe his destiny was going to go God's way. And he knew that it was going to take God's blessing to turn it around. How many of you know it's going to take the blessing of the Lord on your life to turn things around in your life? Amen. And in the loved one, your loved one's life as well. In verse 9 it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the Lord of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence. Amen? Enlarge what I have authority over. That your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. See, he was told all his life that he was someone who would cause or bring pain. But he didn't receive it. Things may have been spoken over you. You don't have to receive it have the spirit of Jabez and say, Lord, oh, that you would bless me and bless me indeed. Amen. You know, God is not limited. So take the limits off of him and let him bless you indeed. Jabez, he was humble. And again, we read that he was honorable and he knew he needed God's blessing and intervention. He had faith. And he believed and trusted God. He understood the power of prayer. And God honored and granted his request. God wants us to experience his goodness and then go out and give it to others. And that's what Jabez did. You know, God, goodness is actually um, a fruit of the spirit. And it, it, it abides in you at the new birth. And it just needs to be developed and you need to allow it to grow in you so that you can be a dispenser of good. I want to be a dispenser of good. Amen. How about you? Amen. I mean, you can show goodness everywhere you go. I go to the, the mall and I open the doors for the people coming in and say, hello, God bless you. I mean, from a sincere heart. Showing Kindness. And I tell you, it's so fun. It's really fun. Step out and try it. Taste it and see. It's good. It's really good. And so because Christ lives in you, you know, he went about doing good. And the Bible says healing all. So you can take with you and disperse not only goodness, but healing. Physical healing. Healing the broken heart. Healing of disappointments. Healing that brings encouragement. Encouragement inspires courage. Amen? It's a good thing. Um, He'll work out things in your life for good. Even when you can't figure it out with your head. I love the voice translation of Romans 8.28. I know we don't have it, but I'm going to read it to you. It says this. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate Everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. From the distant past, his eternal love reaches into your future. If you are standing in a difficult place tonight, I want you to know that you can trust that that God will orchestrate and work out for you amen. a plan that brings goodness, amen? amen? And makes something beautiful even when there's ashes. He knows how to do it and he does it well. Psalms twenty-seven thirteen says, I would have lo- lost heart. I would have fainted. I would have quit. Least I believe that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's here in earth life. Amen. That's when we have to believe for his goodness. That's when we have to contend for his goodness. There's things that we do here to persevere through difficult, hard places that we will not have the opportunity to do in heaven because there is no evil there. Hmm. Say la. Amen? Amen. While you are standing, here's what you need to do. This verse 14 of chapter 27 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. So that tells me we're going to have opportunity to take courage. We're going to have opportunity To not be dismayed. We're going to have opportunity to allow God to strengthen us and then walk in it. And the way that you do that is to simply keep your eyes on Jesus. Because all these other voices will call out to you. But I tell you, there is the voice of truth. And the voice of truth will speak truth to you. He's the truth giving spirit. And when you hear the truth. And you receive the truth. And you begin to walk in the truth. Then you have to keep your eyes fixed. Just like Peter did when he walked on the water. When he began to hear the waves. When he began to see the waves. That's when he began to sink. But as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, what did he do? He walked on water. Are you not water walkers? Amen, you are. I know you. I know some of the things you've been through. I know how you've overcome and how you are now presently overcoming. Amen? And God is faithful. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Let's see what time we have. Uh, You know, I just want to encourage you not to allow sin or darkness to deceive you into thinking that God's hand is shortened. God's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. In Isaiah chapter 59, I want to try to quickly go through a little bit of this. Where, you know, there's times in history that we can read about. And when you read about it, it's as if you're, it, they're talking about today. Some of it is prophecies. But some of it, I'm telling you, there's nothing new under the sun. There's been times of complete darkness where, you know, people face the same kinds of things that we're facing today. And they had to by faith. Think about Noah. The only righteous? Wow. But in, in Isaiah chapter 58, th- some of the similar things that are happening today was happening. And people were sacrificing. And they were doing certain things that they knew to do. But they, deliverance did not come. And they were beginning to blame God and question God. And they didn't understand. And so God said to them, you know, you've been sacrificing and you've been fasting, but you haven't fasted with a heart of worship. And so because they weren't fasting with a heart of worship, it negated everything that they were doing. Because God's looking at the heart. And then he began to say to them, this is, what, this is the fast that I have called. Now this will sound familiar to you, but I want you to just listen. Is this not the fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? It is bowed down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Verse six, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Amen? Amen. You know what a yoke is? In this passage of scripture, it's a form of political and economic economic and social injustice. Hmm. It is when someone falsely accuses people with fear tactics, speaking wickedness, to stir up trouble. And the trouble manifests in the form of violence, deception, injustice, And it equals no peace. Well, but God says, my fast is to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. And when you see the naked, that you cover them, him and hide yourself from uh, and hide not yourself from your own flesh. Because then, then church, then when you come with a heart of worship, Then your light shall break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from the midst and the pointing of the finger And the speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. When there's drought all around... When there's darkness all around, guess what? There's light in Goshen. Isn't that right, me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. They lost all their electricity on their block. But Mike Guterres had something really special. He had a generator. (laughs) And the the lights in the block were out for days. But guess what? There was light in the house of Goshen. In the house of Gutierrez. He shall strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And it goes on and it says you'll be called the repair of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you do not turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and you call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and you honor him, and you honor him in his in all your ways. Amen? Amen. And so that's, that's what God is yearning to do in our midst, in our country, in our nation, and throughout the world. And so we've got to continue to come to that place of prayer where we stand in the gap and make intercession. And I'm telling you, as you yield yourself to the spirit of prayer, God will begin to give you words to pray. And it gets really exciting there. Because then he shows you those words coming to pass. And as you yield yourself to prayer. He'll begin to grow something deeper in your heart. For his heart. For that which concerns him. For the lost. For that loved one for that difficult person. He'll give you his heart and his eyes to see them with. And then you, you actually stand in the gap in their place and you make up the hedge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we willing, saints? Yes. Let's say it. Here we are. Here we are. Use us glory to God the forces of darkness I'm telling you will never ever overcome the light and you are the light you are the light of the world and the forces of darkness I mean they will not stifle it they will not smother it they will not snuff it out it will not gain control of them it will not quench extinguish eliminate or expel the, the light. Amen. Light will always, always expel the darkness. And you know it. You can prove it by turning on the switch and watching the lights come on. Glory to God. Human nature really seeks its own. It seeks its own and it does not fear the Lord. And that's what happens so subtly in people's lives. You know, the Lord, when, he, when you honor him and you reverence him and you have the fear of the Lord, it's not like you're afraid of him. I'm not afraid of God. But here's what I do do. I reverence him and I cherish and respect his presence in my life. I'm telling you, I crave for his presence in my life. Because I live by it. I move by it. I trust in it. Amen. It's my breath. The grace of God is my breath. And so what I fear is stepping away from his presence in my life. I endeavor, and I know you do too. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Worthy of the call of God on your life. We see many mighty men in the Old Testament like Samson. And Samson had this supernatural strength. He had an anointing upon his life. But he just had to obey what God told him. And because he chose not to, he lost the anointing. It departed from him. He disqualified himself. Hmm. Another one is Saul. Saul was chosen by God to be the first king over Israel. What an honor. And he walked in the anointing of a king. Until one day it departed from him. It departed from Saul because Saul's ear became dull of hearing. Take heed, church, what you hear. His ear became dull of hearing and he began to lean to his own understanding. God told him to go in to destroy the enemy and destroy everything, including the livestock And what did he do? He went in and destroyed the enemy, but he kept the livestock. And he said, oh, I did it as a sacrifice to to bring sacrifice. And the Lord said to him, obedience is better than sacrifice. And because you've done this, you know, the kingdom is removed from you. The anointing departed his life and he was disqualified. He walked away from the anointing. hmm But God always has a plan. And he had someone, (laughs) someone that nobody else would have gave uh, attention to, right? A young boy, David. And all of his brothers looked like they would be a king. Not so with David. He was a shepherd boy. But God was looking at what? He was looking at his heart. And God's looking at your heart. And he sees your heart. Oh, Lord, work in me. Work that which is pleasing in your sight. That my life brings glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Praise the Lord. David wasn't perfect, but he had a perfect heart. Amen. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Amen. Amen. So don't shrink back because you think you're not qualified. God's calling you from the field. Come on in because he'll qualify you. He'll do amazing things through you. Hallelujah. In this day and in this hour, we've got to know the word. We've got to pray the word. We've got to walk in authority. We've got to take authority over all the power of the darkness, right? We need to arise and shine. And I want to close with this. In Isaiah chapter 60, going back over there, we're going to look at verse 1. And it says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's you, church. That's you. And you know, when I was a little girl, my mom used to always say that little phrase to me. I shared this one time at prayer counters, Pastor Tom, you might recall. But she would say, she would come in my room every morning, she would say, rise and shine and shake a leg. And we were getting ready to do prayer encounters, and I started thinking about that little phrase, rise and shine and shake a leg. The Lord just brought it back to me, and I thought, hmm. And then I thought about that verse, rise and shine where your light has come. So I did a little research, and in my research, here's what I found about that phrase, rise and shine. In 1916, the U.S. Marine Corps, their manual instructed non-commissioned officers to go to enter the private barracks in the morning and use the phrase, rise rise and shine and shake a leg. Rise meant to get up, to ready yourselves. It's time for the church to get up. It's time for us to get up. Have you gotten up? Shine means make sure your boots and brass are ready for inspection and you are equipped. Are you equipped? This speaks of preparation. In the amplified, arise means, or it says this, arise from depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Have circumstances ever kept you down? We can arise, church, and we can shine. Prostration means the state of being extremely weak. Extreme weakness and emotional exhaustion. And I'm sure all of you have experienced that. It's part of earth life. But we've got to shake it off, amen? Arise and shine and awake unto righteousness. Righteousness. We've got to arise in a corrupt and perverse generation. We've got to arise and shine. And you know, when you shake your leg, you shake some things off, don't you? There are some things we need to shake off. Pluck out, cut off, even some things that may be good, but we need to arise and shine. It's a new day. It's a new hour. And for such a time as this, we have come into the kingdom. And the awakening giant is arising, and we're taking our place, and we're doing our part, and your part is so important because without it, something is missing. Have you ever put a puzzle together? And you have this one piece that you couldn't find that maybe went under the cushion? It's not complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Zechariah chapter 8, Zechariah's vision talks about a prayer movement for revival. A revival. You know, where the kingdom of God is advanced. It speaks of a global attraction where people will say, let us go, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Again, church, This is the day and this is the hour that not only God is with you, he's in you. Amen. Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And so church, we're going to arise. And we're going to shine. And the glory of the Lord is going to be seen upon you. And it's going to attract people. It's going to be attractive. Light shines brighter in darkness. I mean, look at the stars. When you go out there and you get to a place where there's no ambiance light. And it's just dark. I mean, those stars. They shine. Amen. And you shine as stars. In the darkness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for this message today. We thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy that accompanies us, that attends our way, that helps us, Lord, to accomplish that which you please and to prosper. In every place that we go, Lord. You want to bless us and bless us indeed. So here we are, Lord. Here we are. Bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. And help us, Lord, to walk out your plan, will, and purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name.